I just want to share a thought with you this morning. Uh, Brother Kenny said he had a little bit more of an outline than he usually did, and I've got a little bit less than I usually do. So uh, I asked Hayden if he would run down there and get it out of the printer uh, for me this morning. He come back, and I, he said, is this all of it? And he's done that for me several times, John. And he said, is this all of it? And I said, yeah, that's it. How long you reckon that'd take me to preach? He said, probably two hours. I've noticed the longer they are, the shorter you preach. And the... <laughs> So that outline, Kenny says he gets carried away without one. I get carried away. He gets carried away with one. I get carried away without one. So uh, I've just got a few things I'd love to show you this morning uh, that the Lord's put on my heart. And I appreciate Miss Elaine being obedient uh, to the Lord. She, she, she settled in my heart just a little bit uh, singing about that anchor. Boy, I enjoyed that. That was for me, uh, if nobody else. But if you find your place in Revelation chapter number 1, stand with me if you can in able and honor and reverence for the reading of the word of the Lord. I want to begin reading in verse number 12. The Bible said, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. Being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, Gird about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. I've always loved verse 15. Brother Kenny hit on it just a little bit. You remember in Daniel, the book of Daniel, the Bible said that uh, old King Nebuchadnezzar said, We're not throw three men into the fire. And he said, Lo, the fourth one's like unto the Son of God. Remember that? Remember Kenny saying that? Watch what your Bible said in verse 15. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if. They'd been burned in a furnace. What about that? I believe he might have been in a furnace at some point, you reckon? And uh, notice your Bible, as if for burning a furnace. And his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth with a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. That's talking about the Lord, by the way. I believe Brother Kenny hit on that a little bit this morning. Talking about how he was the light of the world and the Lamb would be the light of that city. The Bible said that his, that, his, that his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Now watch verse 17. When I saw him, I felt his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Have the keys of hell and of death. I write the things that thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do love you. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege, God, the honor to be back in your house. Lord, I pray you'd have your will and wait here in the service this morning. Do that that only you can. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, I pray just for a little while would you put a guard upon my lips. Have me say nothing that be contrary to your will or your word. Lord, I pray this morning you meet every need represented. If they'd be one discouraged, encourage your heart. Lord, most of all, if they'd be one here today lost, undone without you. Lord, I pray you convict their heart, save them for it's everlasting too late. We'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory, for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. You'll be seated, and thank you for standing this morning. Now, I've read several verses just to give you a little bit of an introduction, but I really just want to deal with about two verses here that we've read, and just it's nothing new. You've probably heard it, but I just want to remind us of a few things this morning. But Now, notice with me in the text that we've read, of course, we know. Let me give you just a little bit of a foundation before we get started. I think I've said this before. If not, I'll say 
it again. Uh, uh, how many of you, you don't have to answer this, but uh, if you look at the heading of the book of Revelation, uh, uh, at the start of the book of Revelation, uh, uh, there's two things my wife will get kicked, uh, get tickled at me right here. Uh, there's two things that kind of that kind of irk me a little bit, and uh, I'm not being ugly about it. I, I I don't say anything to anybody else, Leona, but I aggravate my wife about this all the time. She's real bad to say this. She'll say in the book of Revelations. That's not what the Bible said. It said it was the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not multiple, not plural, but one revelation. He was revealing one thing. How many of you in your Bible up above the, up above the beginning of verse 1, uh, it says something like this. The revelation of St. John or the revelation of uh, different things. I don't even know what mine says, to be honest with you. Uh, mine says the revelation of St. John the Divine. Uh, now, you remember we told you during the uh, on some of those Wednesday nights that we was looking at how to study that you had to remember those notes in your Bible and those references and uh, those headings and subheadings and all that are not inspired by God. And that it is not the revelation of St. John the Divine. It's not the revelation of John. And some of you looking at me like you're about to get mad. I'd prove that to you with the Bible. Look with me in verse number one. The Lord made it very clear. The revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not John's revelation. It's Jesus Christ. He's revealing things, but he chose to go through John. So with that being said, here in our text, John is, uh, the Bible said he was in the, on the Isle of Patmos, and he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And uh, the Lord began to speak to him. The Lord began to reveal or show him a revelation of the things that were to come. And what, a, what, a, what a, I love the book of Revelation. And uh, don't be too nervous about the book revelation i know it's a little thing uh, it seems like we're scared of it sometimes but uh, there's some great truths there but now in our text the, the lord spoke to him and uh, he said a few things in verse 8 the lord told john i'm alpha and omega the beginning and the ending saith the lord which is and which was and which is to come the almighty uh, then in verse 11 the lord said i'm alpha and omega the first and the last and what thou seest, write in a book, and send unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. So now, the Lord has begun to speak to John. Isn't that right? John's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's in prison. He's been exiled uh, to the Isle of Patmos. And uh, on the Lord's day, the Bible said that John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And the Lord uh, has begun to speak and to reveal unto John. Now, in verse 12, the Bible said, and I, talking about John, turned to see the voice uh, that spake with me. Now, so I want you to see, first of all, there were some things that John saw. Uh, he saw some things uh, uh, here at the beginning of the book of Revelation. Notice what he said. He said, being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now, I give you just something real quick, all right? Uh, notice this. You know, everybody, get, I've had people ask me all through the years, uh, preacher, wonder what them seven them candlesticks are. Well, the, the Bible tells us what, what they are. We don't have to try to interpret that. We don't have to try to figure it out ourselves. The Bible reveals that to us. In verse 20, the Bible said, 
mystery of the seven stars, which I saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars, and the angels of the seven churches. Now watch this. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So he saw seven golden candlesticks that uh, later the Lord revealed surely was the seven churches, that the, the, the churches uh, uh, of the Lord. Now I want to show you something. Watch this. You say, preacher, what's so good about that? Well, notice what your Bible said in verse number 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. So Elaine, he looked and he saw these seven candlesticks, which are the uh, the seven churches. And I don't have time getting all this because that's not what I'm preaching, but uh, the, the, the seven church ages, if you would. And right in the midst of all that, John, guess who was there? The Lord. It, it seems like the Lord might be interested in the church, you reckon? Uh, it seems like he may have ordained the church. Uh, it seems as though he might dwell amidst the church. What about that? That encourages me. I didn't come here this morning to see you. Uh, I'm just being honest. I didn't. I didn't come to see you, and I hope you didn't come to see me, but how does come Brother Chris hoping to get a glimpse of him? I, I, I come because I know that he honors uh, and respects the local church. Uh, I worry, I'll be honest with you this morning. I worry about any singer uh, uh, that is not affiliated with a local church. Uh, I worry about any preacher that's not affiliated with a local church. Uh, but the Lord uses and works uh, through the local church. Isn't that right? Uh, and John saw him in the midst of the seven candlesticks. Uh, uh, now notice this. One likened to the Son of Man. Then he saw how he was clothed. He was clothed with a garment to the foot and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. Uh, now there, are, there is significance to all this. But uh, I'm not so much interested in what he saw this morning. But I want you to see. And his head and his hairs were like white like wool. Uh, as white as snow. Watch this. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. I mean John's seeing surely the Lord uh, uh, John has given us a glimpse of what we'll see uh, uh, when we finally lay eyes on the one that bled and died for us you say preacher I just don't know about that that's exactly what happened uh, he's revealing to John uh, uh, the things which shall be hereafter now watch this Eyes were like a flame of fire. Verse 15, and his feet like a fine brass, as if they'd been burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. Uh, boy, I like that, don't you? Uh, uh, do you realize back in the Old Testament, you know what the, uh, the Jewish people would do? Uh, Brother Chris, if they could not go into the house of God, if they was in a place they could not go to a temple, uh, uh, they'd go to a river. Did you know that? Uh, uh, do you know why? Because they reminded them of the last time they'd heard the voice of God. Bible said his voice uh, uh, was like under many waters. Uh, and they'd gather at a river, but that'd be their uh, substitute. Those voice was as many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth what a sharp two-edged sword. What about that? And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Now, you'd think this morning that John would have been on cloud nine. You'd have thought that John would have been ready to do anything. You'd have thought that John would have been shouting and stirring. I mean, that's what we think. We, we, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I've said it myself. Uh, 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 Miss Wendy, I said, I can't wait to see the Lord. I can't wait to lay eyes on him. I believe we will enjoy it. Uh, but I'm interested in what John did when he saw all this. I mean, he saw some great things. Uh, uh, but the Bible said, and when I saw him, uh, I fell at his feet as dead. And I got to thinking about that. I thought, you know what? Uh, uh, what encouraged John was not what he saw. Uh, in fact, what he saw broke his heart. 
heart. Uh, when he saw, he realized how bad he was. Uh, it wasn't encouraging. It wasn't peaceful. Uh, uh, it wasn't something to motivate him. Uh, uh, but the Bible said he fell at his feet uh, as dead. Now, we'll make application. Uh, uh, we come in a whole lot of times, if we be honest, uh, and we say, Lord, I need to see this. Uh, uh, if we're not careful, we'll make statements kind of like this. Uh, well, Lord, if you'll show me, I'll believe it. Isn't that right? Uh, just go ahead and nod your head. We've all made statements like that. Uh, uh, well, Lord, I know that you take care of my needs, and I know that you've got enough supply of my needs, but Lord, I'll believe it if you'll show me where this be. Can I tell you something? You know why we don't see much? Because uh, we don't believe much. Lord's not interested in you seeing and then believing. Uh, he's interested in you believing and then him letting you see some things. Isn't that right? Uh, it was faith this evening, uh, this morning. Uh, but John, what he saw Oh, surely. Uh, uh, what an encouragement. It didn't bring great faith. Uh, uh, but rather the Bible said when he saw him that he fell at his feet uh, like a dead man. Now notice what your Bible said. When he saw, he fell at his feet. Uh, uh, verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Then the Bible said, and he laid his right hand upon me. Now it's interesting to me that John was not comforted by what he saw. In fact, what he saw seemed, Brother Chris, to almost torment him more than he was to begin with. He turned to see the voice, uh, and when he saw the Lord, the Bible said that he fell at his feet as dead. And then John, the Bible said that the Lord came and laid his right hand upon John. Now, surely John's ready to face hell with a water pistol. I mean, surely. John is ready to do whatever it takes now because the Lord has touched him. It's not just what he's seen, but now he's got a touch. Isn't that what we crave? Isn't that what we want? Do we not come in and say, Lord, I need a touch? But that's not what encouraged him. Watching your, watching your Bible, he felt his feet as a dead man. But I said the Lord came and laid his right hand upon him. And I don't see anywhere where John was encouraged. I don't see anywhere where John felt better. Can I show you something? Now watch this. Sometimes we ask to see things. If you're not real careful, what you see will scare you worse than what you was to start with. The Lord doesn't always work like we think he ought to. Isn't that right? There's been times, and I, I've been hopeful, there's been times I've said, Lord, let me see how you work this out. And Ron, I ain't always liked what I saw. I'm just being honest. Is that right? It ain't always been what I thought ought to happen. There's been times that it scared me to death to see what God was doing. There's been times we've asked for a touch, but can I show you something about a touch? I'm not being critical of it. I'm glad for the days that the Lord's come by and touched us. And I, I'm glad for what we feel. And I, I know, I know we're, not, we're not saved all feelings, but a faith without feelings dead. Did you know that? I, I'm glad that we can feel the Lord. But feelings change. Did you know that? Right. Feelings come and go. Feelings can be misunderstood. Isn't that right? Now, I'm not being ugly, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I want you to listen to me. Feelings can't come and go. What I feel today, I may not feel tomorrow. Isn't that right? Feelings can be misinterpreted. Say, preacher, what do you mean? I'm not being ugly. I'm not trying to be funny. Don't laugh at me because I'm being serious with a heart attack. I'd leave here today, and I can go, Ronald, to Taco Bell and get me 
12 orders of nacho supreme or whatever they got and, and come back into church tonight and my stomach get to roll and I think, well, it must be the Lord. T-. No, it's not. It's because I ate taco. Isn't that right? But I felt something on the inside, but it wasn't the Lord. Feelings can be misconstrued. Feelings change. But so it wasn't what John saw and it wasn't what John felt. I mean, he saw the Lord. Can you wrap your mind around that? He physically saw the Lord. But that wasn't what brought him comfort. He physically felt the Lord. He laid touch him with his right hand. That right hand in your Bible is the right hand of power. I believe when John felt the hand of the Lord, he felt so unworthy that he tried to get even lower than he was. But then the Bible said, watch what your Bible said. He saw him. The Lord's touched him. Then verse number 17, the Bible said this. Well, I saw him, I felt his feet dead. He laid his right hand upon me, saying... Unto me. Now you say, preacher, how do you know that encouraged John? Because here in just a few verses, the Lord tells him to write these things, and we've got a book of Revelation. Is that right? John, while it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, he used John to pen it. And John had to get up off of the ground and quit. Ain't that right? He had to get up off his face. He had to quit being as a dead man in order to write. Ain't that right? So what was it that brought comfort and peace to John? It wasn't the things that he saw, and it wasn't even the things that he felt, but it was the words that he heard. I hope y'all getting that. I preach just a few minutes this morning to help the Lord on this thought. When he speaks. What about that? Aren't you listening to me? I thank God for some things he's let me say. I thank God for some things he's let me feel. Oh, but things change. I'm not seeing the same thing I used to see. That right? Things are not like they used to be. I'm not just talking about in the house of God. I'm talking about everyday life. You turn your TV on, you don't see what you used to see. Uh, you used to hear, you used to uh, see, you used to see people and they say, oh, uh, we had so many saved and we had this, these great revivals and moves of God. And now we're not seeing that anymore. What we see has changed and uh, it doesn't bring comfort anymore. Uh, even what we feel is not the same. Did you know that? just truth this morning. It's not. The feelings change and feelings can be misinterpreted and things happen. We can't go off our feelings and we can't go off what we see. We walk by faith and not by sight. While I'm glad that God allows us to see things, He doesn't always reveal things to us and we can't walk by, 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 by sight. We have to walk by faith and we can't walk by feeling. But what, what does not change this morning is the Word of God. Do you know that? Y'all got to help me just a little bit. Does not change this morning. Despite what's going on in our environment, despite what's going on in our home, despite what's going on in the church, despite what's going on here and there, the Word of God does not change. Did you know that? Brother Kenny got off on that a little bit this morning. Uh, He talked about how Jesus is the Word and He gave us the Word. Aren't you glad that He does not change this morning? uh, Miss Elaine, that's the anchor that we anchor to. Uh, uh, That's what doesn't change. Uh, What I see may change. That right? I'm not trying to be ugly this morning. I'm not. Right now, I, I, I pick on Shirley. I believe she can take it. I, I, I look at Shirley right now. As far, I know she's got a little bit of health issues with her shoulder and different things. But as far as I know, Shirley, you're pretty healthy. You, you do what you want to do. You go where you want to go. Everything's going pretty good. That's what I see, John. But let's just be honest. I believe Shirley understand this and take it. I don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, 
a week from now, I might walk by and look in a casket and see a completely different. Are you with me? I'm just being honest. I'm just being as honest as I know how to be. What we see changes. Did you know that? We look around right now, and I believe we all, for the most part, feel pretty good. We don't know what we'll feel tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. But we do know that when he speaks, it does not change. The Bible says forever settled in heaven. Isn't that right? My, my, my. Aren't you glad? You know what that means? If you get this, it'd help you. You realize, we, boy, I shout about the fact that uh, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, whatever, the, 100 years from now, that his word will still be true. Boy, that's exciting to me. But can I show you something else? Before the very foundations of time, his word was already established. It's not just it always will be. It always has been. What about, y'all ain't getting that. That excites me. That does something to me. To know that there's one thing in life that does not change. Did you know that? Well, I pick on my wife. I'm going to pick on a lot of you. So those of you got tough skin, you might as well get ready for it. I, I don't think she will. I hope she doesn't. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say air out our dirty laundry. I, 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 Tamika, I'm not saying that at all. But I could come home tomorrow. And my wife left me a note that said, I don't love you anymore. I'm leaving. I don't want to ever have anything to do with you. I, I do not let that happens every day. Did you know that? I, I mean, things could change. My whole world could be turned upside down tomorrow. But it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It, oh, y'all got to hit me just a little bit. It doesn't matter what my friends have done, what my family have done, what the church has done, what the devil's done, or even what I've done. I open up my Bible and the Bible said, for God so loved the world that it gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8 still says, but God commit his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8, 28 still says, for we know that God works all things together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose the Bible does not change the book of Hebrews still says he'll never leave us nor forsake us but he'll go with us always even in the end of the earth it does not change it's settled it's sure it's the anchor that we can rest our faith in and anchor ourselves amidst the storm of this life the word of God is our anchor this morning. It does not change. Notice this. I want you to know a few things about when he speaks. I know this morning, I realize many of you have come in. Many of you have burdens. You have problems. You have things that you're facing. Somebody's let you down. Somebody's hurt your feelings. You're facing something you never thought you would. You don't know where to turn. don't know what to do. But can I say this? I hope this morning you may have come looking for something to see. And you may not get that this morning. You may have come looking to feel something. And you may not get a touch this morning. But you can get a word. Did you know that? And it does not change this morning. Let me show you a few things about when he speaks. Look at me verse 17. Bible said he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I want to say this. When he speaks this morning, he speaks of his peace. Did you know that? Watch what the first thing he said to John was. Now, Sharon, he's... John seen him. The Bible said, when I saw him, I felt his feet as if I were dead. He's come and laid his hand on him. First thing he said, Brother Corey, was, fear not. Boy, I'm glad. You know what I found out? 
I, I don't, I'm not going to get into all of it. I got to try to make Hayden proud of me. And he said I'd be short this morning, so I ain't going to run a whole bunch of references. But can I tell you something this morning? I found out that's some of the Lord's favorite words. Did you know that? Right. He likes to say, fear not. Be of good cheer. Hit his high. Be not afraid. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. Be of good cheer. Head is high. Be not afraid. Huh? Fear not. Huh? He likes to speak peace. Did you know that? I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're looking for. You may come and you may be looking to see a great work of God. And you may not see that this morning. Huh? He may not do what you think he's going to do. You may not see him perform what you think he ought to do. You may come looking to feel something. Huh? And you may not get that. He may not calm your storm right here. Huh? Right now. Though he can't, he may do that. I don't know. Uh, but if he does, it'll not be by what you see. Uh, and it'll not be by what you feel, but it'll be by his word. Did you know that? Uh, uh, over there in that storm, the disciples uh, uh, went and said, Carest thou not that we perish? Uh, and he didn't come out and say, Well, I see this. Uh, he didn't come out and say, Well, I feel this. Uh, uh, no, he just stepped up on the bow of that ship uh, and said, Peace be still. Uh, and at his command, the Bible said, The wind stopped blowing uh, and the waves laid down. Uh, so if he does calm your storm uh, it'll be by the power and authority of his word uh, it'll not be by what you saw or what you felt uh, uh, but it'll be because he said so isn't that right uh, oh my soul that does something to me uh, every once in a while my boys will say daddy why do I have to do that uh, and my favorite thing to say Michelle is because I said so uh, uh, that's all you need to know uh, uh, you say preacher how come the Lord calmed my storm uh, how come I, he's letting me go through this uh, how come I'm facing this because he said so this morning uh, and that's all that you need to know uh, I don't have to understand and you don't either uh, uh, but because he said so uh, and when you get out of it it'll be because he said so uh, uh, that's exactly right isn't that good uh, uh, that brings joy to my soul uh, uh, but he can speak peace to your heart this morning when he speaks he speaks of his peace Aren't you glad for the times in your life the Lord's come by? You know why we have a peace that passes all understanding? We get so bad out of shape about that and sometimes we warn, we get to worrying because we don't have that peace. You see what our peace is founded on is the Word of God. Did you know that? And what we need to do is find ourselves a Word that speaks peace to us. The Lord loves to walk by and say, Be not afraid. Fear not. Be a good chick. I do that with my boys every once in a while. I'll be honest with you, some things happen this week, and uh, I'll just be honest with you, I'm going to be as honest to know how to be. Uh, uh, Y'all may not believe this, but Leona, I am a frail individual. I'm just being honest, I know how to be. Uh, I wear my my heart on the sleeve a lot of times, and it doesn't take much to bother me, and Johnny doesn't take much to get me down the dumps, and uh, my wife's come by several times this week and put her arm around me and said, honey, it's going to be all right, just cheer up. and it helps just a little bit. I'll be honest, it does. For a few minutes, I feel all right. And then I get my mind, get to warping on something else again. And before I know it, I'm right back. I know I'm the only one who does that. I can see by the way you're looking. None of y'all ever do that. But sometimes I just worry myself. Kirk, I'm just being honest. I'm worrying myself sick if I'm not real careful. And I, 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 it's just my nature. I, that's the way the Lord made me. But you know what I found in those times? It might appreciate my wife's doing that. I, I know some people here in the church know a little bit about some of the things and uh, some of them 
have sent me some encouraging text messages and some good phone calls. I appreciate that. And I, I'm glad for our families and for our church family that uh, can encourage us through some things. But you know what I found? I found when I got in that Bible and the Lord began to just come by my heart and say, be a good cheer. It's like, oh, my soul. I, there ain't no reason to be afraid. I, oh, y'all got to fear not. It'll be all right. I, I've still got it under control. I, it's still in my hand. I, Fear not. Aren't you glad he can speak peace to your heart uh, when nobody else can? Uh, I'm glad there's a God in glory uh, uh, that can speak peace to your heart this morning. When he speaks, he speaks of his peace. Not only that, notice what he said. Bible said he's speaking to John, and he said, fear not. Now watch this next phrase. I am. There's that. Brother Kenny's been teaching on that. I'm probably getting ahead of him right here. Uh, but he said, I am the first and the last. Not only does he speak of his peace, but I want to say this, he speaks of his person. Now, Brother Kenny's done a great job already preaching my introduction to this point, so I won't have to spend too much time on it. Uh, but he, he made this statement at Sunday school. He said that when anytime you find the, the words, I am, in association with the Lord, it's not an adjective. He's not describing himself. He, it's a noun. He's telling who he is. Isn't that right? And so when it, that, y'all going to hit me just a minute. That the, the I am becomes the noun. When he says the first and the last, that becomes the adjective. That becomes what it's describing the I Are y'all with me? That, that does something to me. What about this? When he said, I am the bread of life. I say, he is, I am. The bread of life was just the adjective that describes him at that moment. When he said, I am the light. He is the I am. But when that light was just what he used to describe himself. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The I am is who he is. But the way, the truth, and the life is what was used to describe him. When he said, I am first and last. How phenomenal at the beginning and the end. I am to make us who he is. But then he's described. Are you with me? Oh, you got, y'all ain't getting that. Do you realize I am, is there's something special about that? He didn't say I was. that right? He didn't say I will be. He said I am. Do you realize no matter, I know I'm greeting all over Brother Kenny, it'd be all right, I'll deal with him later, but do you realize that no matter when you read that, whether you read those words yesterday, today, or tomorrow, it's always present tense. Always present tense. Doesn't matter when you read it. I open my Bible up today and he, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I open it up tomorrow, he'll still be. Is that right? I am, oh, y'all want to help me. I am the first and the last. Watch this. So we see he speaks not only of his peace, but he speaks of his person. He said, I am the first and the last. Do you realize this morning what he's really telling John? Now, John's on his face as a dead man, the Bible said. And the Lord walked up to him and said, John, now I'm a paraphrase, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not misquoting it. I'm paraphrasing. He said, John, just don't worry about it. Ain't no reason to be scared. Ain't no reason to worry. I'm the first and the last. You know what he was saying? He was saying, John, ain't nothing to worry about. I was there before the beginning ever started. And I'll be here long after the end takes place. Is that right? He said, John, I've done seen everything I can see. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, there ain't no reason to worry about this. Ain't that right? Now, I know y'all never get like this. But every once in a while, I get things I've never seen before. Every once in a while, Kirk, I find myself in a situation that I don't know how to fix. 
I mean, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what would be the best course of action. I have no idea. And that's when the Lord will come by and just remind me who he is. And he'll say, fear not. That's when he speaks peace. But then he'll say, Michelle, he'll say, I am the first and the last. You know what he was saying? Long before you ever even knew about this, I knew about this. I've seen worse before. I know you're going to face worse later. Is that right? That's just right. Boy, you ever, you ever look back, maybe, maybe it's just me. Have you ever found yourself, it's amazing me how many times I get myself in a situation. If y'all ain't never figured it out, I get myself in a lot of situations. But it's amazing me how many situations I find myself in. And I'll think, Lord, this is it. This is the one that's going to kill me. This is the one that I'm, I, I, I'm just being honest. This is the one that I'm just going to die from. I, this is too much. I'll never be able to get through this. And then the Lord will bring me through it and he'll speak peace to me and show me who he is and there's always a lesson to be learned and I come out stronger on the other side. Had then a day or two, years, months, whatever the case may be, I'll face something and I'll think, Lord God, I didn't think I was going to make it through the last one and this is ten times worse than that. Isn't it amazing how easy we are to throw in the towel? Isn't it amazing how quick we are to say we can't make it? Isn't it amazing how quick we are to say, Lord, it's too much? But that's when he'll come by and say it might be too much for you. But I was here before the beginning and I'll be here long after the end. What I am the first and the last. And he's everything in between too by the way did you know that boy that does something to me you say preacher what do you say I don't know what you're going through this morning but before the creation was he was did you know that he had no beginning and it had no end he's the one that spoke everything into existence everything you look at I mean stepped out on nothing and spoke everything into existence my soul what power what authority and that's the same word that he speaks to your heart do you realize that it do us good to remember who he is to realize that he has no beginning he'll have no end to realize this morning he's not getting ready to retire he's not ready to step off the scene but he is the Lord this morning he speak peace to your heart Then he'll speak of his person. He'll remind you who he is. How many times have you had the Lord slip up beside of you? You're about to throw in the town. The Lord slip up beside of you and say, you remember last time you thought you was going to quit? Remember last time you thought he was going to kill you? Remember last time you didn't see no way? And he'll begin to remind you how that he made a way. How that he was enough. How that he did come through. You know what happens? He'll give you just enough comfort you can make it one more step. Can I tell you something about the Christian life? You go over to Isaiah, uh, uh, I believe it's chapter 40, last, last verse. I may be getting that wrong. My mind's not as good as it used to be, but I believe it's chapter 40. Well, that very familiar story, they that wait upon the Lord shall uh, mount up with wings as eagles. Remember that? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We've got this thing mixed up sometimes. We think, you look at a child, I look at Aaron, and I look at Grace, and Savannah, and even Addie to a certain extent. I've seen her grow so much, all these youngs have grown so much since I've been here. Uh, but you look at them, and they start out, they can't do anything. I mean, they, they can't do anything on their own. And you watch them as they begin to mature, and they begin to grow. They begin to depend less, and less, and less on their parents. The one, I remember the first time they rode over. My boys, John, I remember the first time they rode over. And I was tickled to death. 
Now, I, remember, I, remember saying, I remember telling my wife, I can't wait till they walk. I can't wait till they talk. I can't wait till they can run. I can't wait till they can play. Now I say, I can't wait till they just sit down and shut up and be quiet. But, but I'm just being honest. But it, it, the older they get, the more they separate. And that's how God intended your children to be physically. Did you know that? I'm just being honest. There's spoke, the Bible says a man should leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. As your, as your child gets older, they should separate from you physically. But that's not what spiritual maturity is. Did you know that? A physical child, physically, my children start out doing nothing, and the older they get, the more they know, the more they can do, the more they can do for themselves. That they expand their abilities. But that's not what what it will happen when you got saved. What's what that verse? I'm quoting it, but listen: They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Do you remember when you got saved? I mean, for the first six months, it felt like you never touched the ground. You was just soaring. To have that, that, to have that sin and that guilt and that shame lifted off of you. How you felt like your feet never touched the ground for six months. Couldn't wait to tell everybody. But then watch how the progression of the Christian life is. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Do you remember when your feet finally touched the ground, but you still felt good? You was running. I mean, man, you was, you was giving it out. You was going at full force for the Lord. They shall run and not be weary. What did it say? They shall walk. Do you see tonight, this morning, the, the, the progression as far as a Christian, as we grow and as we mature, we don't seek independence from the Lord. We, depend, we start dependent on Him more. We start realizing our abilities are not what, the, what we thought they were. We're not soaring in our own strength anymore. We're not even running, but now we've started just to walk. Then the last thing that, that Isaiah said was, they shall walk and not faint. You know, what, you know what, what spiritual maturity is this morning? What it really is? Realizing you can't do anything in your own power. You can't soar. You can't run. You can't even walk. Just get to the place where you say, Lord, just don't let me faint. Just let me finish. Is that right? Lord, if anything's going to be done, it's going to be you. I can't soar like I used to. I can't run in my own strength. I can't walk in my own power. Lord, just help me not faint. I just want to finish and finish well. That's spiritual maturity. So, preacher, how am I going to do that? You're going to have to be reminded of who he is. You're going to have to quit getting your eyes on who you are and what you can do and what you can do to fix it. Realize this, the spiritual maturity is not independence from the Lord. It's dependence upon the Lord. That's how you mature as a Christian. Now, physically, these youngins are, are being independent. They're gaining their independence from their parents. They're being more and more independent by the day. Won't be long to make it. We won't be making diaper bags no more. Won't be long. They will, Kirk, they won't be saying, Pa, get me some milk. They'll go get it themselves. Won't be long. It won't be long. And uh, we'll be watching them, Kendra. They'll, they'll be, we'll see it. We'll hand them the keys. And uh, they'll get in the car and drive off. It won't be long. We'll be standing there watching them uh, stand before church and their bride walk down the aisle. It won't be long. And they're going to separate. They're going to become independent. They're going to walk away. Isn't that right? But as a child of God, we're not getting seeking independence from the Lord. But to mature, to grow, to get uh, to be a better Christian, it's not independence and getting your own thing and doing your own thing, but it's learning to be dependent upon Him. That's what spiritual maturity is. Realizing you can't do it uh, and realizing He's the only one that can. And you'll get that by letting Him speak peace to your heart uh, and then show you who He is. Let Him show you His person, that He is the first and the last this morning. 
He speaks, he speaks of his peace. He speaks of his person. Let me give you this. I've just got four points, and I know that's more than three, but it's less than five, and it could have been 12. Isn't that right? So let's just be happy. He speaks of his peace. He speaks of his person. Now that was verse 18. The Bible said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And so he speaks of his peace. He speaks of his person. Then he speaks of his power. Notice what he said. When he speaks this morning, he speaks of his peace, he speaks of his person, but then he speaks of his power. Now watch this. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. Now what about that? Have you ever stopped and read that and just grasped a hold of what a statement that is? Now watch what he said. Now it's, if, you, if you don't look at it carefully, they, 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 they ain't, it, ain't, it ain't that special. Now I could stand here and say, I am he that liveth. And everybody agree with that. I'm alive. My heart's beating. There's breath coming in and out of my body. Uh, my mind, I've got the, the capacity of my mind. Everybody agree that I am living. There's not, nothing real special about that. We're all living. And I could say that, uh, that my great-grandpa has been dead. And that's true. He has been dead for several years now. And he's still dead. There's nothing too special about that. I could even say, for if we, if we look at it spiritually, that uh, I'll live forever. And there's nothing really uh, spectacular about that because we know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, who's ever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're saved, you're going to live forever too. Isn't that right? Yeah. But let me show you something interesting. When you put all three together, the Lord said, I'm he that liveth. He said, I want you to understand, John, I'm alive. Isn't that, ain't that right? Yeah. And then he said, and was dead. Now that gets to be a little special right there. Ain't that right? That's a little special. I don't, I, I don't personally know anybody, Kirk, that can say they are, alive, they are living now and they were dead. I don't personally know anybody that can say that. But I do know some men in the Bible, Lazarus could have made that statement. He could have said, I'm alive now and I was dead. He could have made that statement. Isn't that right? Uh, Jairus' daughter could have made that. There's several people in the Bible could have made that statement. Uh, but what you see, he said, and I'm alive forevermore. You know what he was saying? He said, John, he's reminding John that little phrase. He's reminding him that he's the only one that's ever willingly laid down his life. Did you know that? Yeah. They didn't take his life at Calvary. Right. They weren't a Roman soldier that killed him. The, what did he say? Them I am, I'm a brother Kenny. There's more in there than you can preach or teach. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the what? The life. Yeah. Explain to me how to kill life. How can you kill life? How can you kill the life? How can you do that? How can you kill life? You can't. But he laid down his life willingly. What about that? And he's reminding John that he laid down his life willingly and that he died. Now, now, now we've got to clarify this. I'm hurrying. Do you realize that he was 100% man, but he was 100% God? He was the God man. Do you realize, surely, that God, God himself laid down his life willingly and died for you and me. Have you ever thought about that? He died, John. Three days, spent three days in, in the tomb. Isn't that right? But then he said, I'm he that liveth and was dead and am alive forevermore. You know what he was telling John? He said it was enough. He said, John, I was powerful enough I had enough power to lay my life down. Now that may not seem like much to you, but that, that's almost the most impressive thing of the whole crucifixion to me, that a man would be willing to lay his life down willingly. That's pretty impressive. 
I dare say there'd be any of you. There's in your nature, in your nature as a human being, you have a desire and a drive to live. Did you know that? You get to where you can't breathe, you'll do everything you can to suck in one more breath. You get, to, you get underwater, you'll fight, you'll claw, you'll climb, you'll do anything you have to do to get above water because there's a drive in you to live and to survive. And he conquered that physical, that fleshly component of himself. He conquered that and laid his life down willingly. He told John he was powerful enough to conquer the flesh. Isn't that right? Then he said that he was dead. He showed him, John, he was powerful enough not only to conquer the flesh, but he's powerful enough to conquer death. What about that? Then he said, I'm alive forevermore. He showed him he was powerful enough to conquer eternity. Can I show you something just real quick? That's the three greatest fears of every human being. Is that right? The three greatest fears of every human being. What happens when you die? What happens when you get buried? What, it drives you crazy that you don't have control of your body. What, how do you control the desires? How do I stop doing what I ought not do? How do I live right? You can't this morning, but I'm glad he can, aren't you? And he said, I conquered the flesh. And John, you never could have conquered your flesh. You could have never got over your sin, but he could. And he reminds us of his power that he conquered the flesh. We don't know how to conquer our flesh. He reminds us he conquered the grave. There's not a man, woman, boy, girl in here saved or not that the fear of the unknown of what happens when they lay you six foot under does not worry you just a little bit. Do you know why? Because it's in our nature as humans not to want to die. We love ourselves too much. We, that's exactly right. We don't, but he said you don't have to worry about that, Michelle, because I've already conquered death. Uh, old grave, where's thy victory? Old death, where's thy sting? Uh, he's already conquered it this morning. He gave victory. He's powerful enough to get victory over our greatest fears. The third thing everybody's worried about. You can look me in my eyeball this morning and tell me you don't care, and I'll tell you on the authority of the Word of God, you're a liar. You say, preacher, I don't care where I spend eternity. You're a liar. You're a liar this morning. You're a liar if you tell me it doesn't bother you to think about going to hell. You're a liar. That's it. That, I know that's awful bold, but it's just true. You're a liar if it doesn't bother you. How to think about where you'll spend eternity. Everybody wonders what the next life holds. Uh, everybody wonders if there's something after. Uh, everybody's worried about it. And there's no way for me to explain it to you. Uh, there's no way for me to make you feel better. There's no way for me to tell you how to conquer your flesh or how to conquer death or how to conquer eternity. But the Lord did this morning. Uh, and he reminded John, how was he that well, I'm alive? How was dead? But I'll be alive forevermore. He's powerful enough to conquer our three greatest fears in life. What about that? Ain't that good? My, my, my. You say, preacher, I can't get a hold of my flesh. He can. Preacher, I can't quit living like I am. You're right, you can't, but he can. Preacher, I can't do it. He can this morning. Preacher, I'm scared to death about dying. Well, you rightly so. I know you ain't never heard nobody preach like that, but rightly so. It's a scary thing to think about dying. It's scary, John, to think about my heart stop beating. It's scary to think about. You say, oh, preacher, you ought not be like that. I tell you, when the boys was little, been a couple, about a year ago, I guess now, one day I was eating something. I don't remember what I was eating. I got strangled. 
And I went and tried to get me something to drink, and they was playing. And I went there in the bathroom, and I mean, I, I, I was strangled. I, I mean, they, every breath just kept getting harder and harder. And I, I, I'd finally struggle. By, I, I mean, everything inside of me, Corey, was screaming to get breath into my body. Even though I knew I needed to get something out, everything screamed, get breath in. And I'd try to breathe, and I finally went, and when I did, I just sucked it down even farther. And it was worse than it was to start with. And I remember looking in the mirror. Seeing my face turning blue. And I'm going to be honest with you. Ron, I didn't think, well, I'm about to see the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think, well, I'm about to walk on. And that wasn't what I thought. I thought, oh, God, I'm about to die. I've got to breathe. These boys need a daddy. They need somebody. To, they're they're going to be here by themselves. It's going to be 7 o'clock before their mama gets home. I mean, it scared me to death. Not that I wasn't ready to go. But I've got something inside of me that screams to breathe, that screams for my heart to beat, that screams for blood to pump through my veins. It's a scary thing this morning. If it not for the grace of God, it'd drive us crazy to worry about what happened when we die. But the Lord come by and speak about his power and say, "I'm, I'm powerful enough to conquer your flesh. And I'm powerful enough to conquer your conquered death. 